The world's largest country is noticing a disturbing trend. China has great aspirations to grow economically, technically, and to establish themselves as the greatest country in the world. Last year, they recorded the lowest number of marriages in decades. China noted that just under seven million couples married in 2022. That sounds impressive. But these numbers are a 10% drop compared to 2021. This is the lowest number of marriages since China made such information available. Why are officials concerned? Less marriages means less babies. The Chinese workforce is getting older. The pool of workers shrinking, and the economy is suffering. Many young people are not marrying out of protest to their overbearing country. The Chinese government is at a crossroads. Will they pursue what is right, or continue their oppression at the cost of new families? Pray for the gospel to move forward in China, that many more would rejoice in the wedding feast of the Lamb. Welcome to Haven today here on Tuesday. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus as we continue in a series called "Becoming Jesus People." Over the past week, we've spent time reflecting on the Jesus People movement. A powerful time in a country's history. Hundreds of thousands of young people were brought face to face with the power of the gospel. They found salvation, peace, and healing. One of the leaders used by the Lord during this time was Chuck Smith, pastor of Calvary Chapel. Listen to him share about God's call in his life to become a pastor and to make Jesus people. I went on up to this summer camp, and、uh, the speaker at the camp. He made the statement: "You have only one life; it will soon be passed, and only what's done for Christ will last." And so that afternoon, I was out under a big pine tree and just、uh, my Bible, and just thinking about one life; it'll soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. So I felt the Lord speaking to my heart and saying, "Look, you can go ahead and become a doctor, and you can help people physically." And you can help them for a time, but they're all going to die. But if you will devote your life to helping people spiritually, then you're going to help them eternally. Now, do you want to give your life for something that is temporal or something that is eternal? And I couldn't argue with that. And so that was where I felt the Lord was calling me、uh, to go to Bible college. And so I figured when I went home and told my mom that I wasn't going to be a doctor, I was going to go to Bible college instead of USC. And uh, she. Uh, Said, "Well, son, if that's what you feel the Lord is calling you to do, that's wonderful." That was the late Chuck Smith being interviewed by Harvest Christian Fellowship Pastor Greg Glory. I'm sure Chuck would be the first to say that the Lord does indeed call some people to be doctors, but in his life, his calling was clear. He was called to make Jesus people. In a moment, we're going to hear from a man who got caught up in the hippie movement. Drugs and other things, but how the Lord used the Jesus People revival to bring him to Christ, and we'll also turn to God's Word to hear about the first Jesus People movement that happened in the Middle East two thousand years ago. Then, after the program, I want to send you the brand new feature film called Jesus Revolution, about the revival of the early seventies. It tells the stories of Chuck Smith, Lonnie Frisbee, and Greg and Kathy Laurie. And how the Lord worked in and through them for His glory to reach many for the Lord. 
This film would be a great movie to watch with family and friends this summer, especially those you'd like to share more with about the gospel. You can watch clips from the Jesus Revolution DVD and make your gift at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. Or call us after the program at 800-65-HAVEN. 800-65-HAVEN. And just before we hear our first song, we still have the Chronicles of Narnia Radio Theater Collector's Tin with all seven of C.S. Lewis's books turned into audio productions. Great for road trips or just working around the house. Each story is like cinema of the mind as you listen. We have those for your gift as well. And now let's open with a group that was there back in the 70s, a group called Love Song. In my weakness you always make me strong.
led by Chuck Gerard. That's Love Song here on A Haven Today and Since I Opened the Door. A Haven Today called Becoming Jesus People. I'm Charles Morris. And now let's go to Calgary, Alberta in Canada. Yesterday, I shared a bit about a note we received from Ray O'Neill and how the Lord worked in his life in the 70s, taking him from the hippie scene and making him a Jesus freak. Ray, I just had to hear you tell your story. Welcome to the program for the first time. Tell us how you made it to Southern California in 1970 and what you experienced there. Well, thank you for having me. Um, I started off uh, by going into the States working with a, a company called Global Universal Sciences, which was a seismic company. And we were in, uh, in Utah when I uh, the 4th of July was along, and of course, everybody quits there. And we went to Los Angeles because we wanted to see what's going on in Los Angeles. We hadn't been there, and so we heard about the hippie movement. We wanted to really check it out, not knowing what the heck we were going to expect. But when we got there, we thought they were kind of weird. And uh, the only good thing about it is they had a lot of dope, and that's what we needed. And it was LSD on it. We hadn't had any and didn't know about it. But for, the first time, we all had some of that. Uh, it wasn't a very good trip. <laughs> But we, uh, or what we really thought of, uh, really thought more about is these these people was was uh, in the movement of this hippie movement, and uh, they were really, really nice. But they always seemed to be. Uh, every time we turned around, we'd hit one of them and said, "You know, you know, you don't know Jesus. If you know Jesus, well, we can take you, you know, give you a different lifestyle, all this kind of thing." Of course, we didn't want that. All we wanted was the dope, but. Uh, we did get to know quite a few, and, and as we did, they, they seemed really, really nice. Uh, we changed our mind quite a bit about them because they were so darn nice. The thing was that uh, after we got through there, we, of course, we came back to Calgary. These bothered me a lot because there was a lot of the hippie movement in Calgary as well. Now, Ray, let me hop in here. You met some hippies who knew Jesus in L.A. Obviously, they were part of the Jesus movement. But you went back to Calgary, and you still weren't a Christian. How did the Lord get hold of your heart? I was trying to uh, find a station, a rock and roll station out of Edmonton. All I wanted to do was get on the radio and get a whole bunch of rock and roll because it pleased me that way. And I could never find one. It just seemed like everything I had to try and get that was all I was getting ecstatic. And the only thing I could really pick up was this this Haven Arrest station that was talking about the Lord Jesus Christ. And, of course, I, I didn't want to listen to it. I wanted a rock and roll station, but... When he did, he, when he took, when he said to you've tried everything uh, and you've been unsuccessful, and he said try the Lord Jesus Christ. He said you'll be successful and you'll have peace. Well, I thought it was stupid. He said you know, just say this little prayer, and he said, well, you'll be in the family of God. Well, I I, I just said this prayer and thinking that uh, it was silly, but when I got through with the whole thing, I really really felt good and I didn't feel bad and I didn't feel angry. But I was really confused on what this was. And I, I remember going back to these hippies in Los Angeles saying the exact same thing that this, uh, this fellow had said, that you'll feel better and you'll feel released. Well, I actually did. We found the church, which was uh, Rocky Mountain Calvary Chapel. Loved the church. And, and uh, I still continue to go to this, uh, this fellowship, and I just love it. Ray, that's a wonderful testimony. Let me ask you, who is Jesus to you today? And what is your prayer for the young people today? Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. And if I didn't have him, I probably wouldn't have anything at all. And I feel so bad about the the teenagers now 
their lifestyle is different than mine ever was. And I think the pressure on it is greater. They're into di different things. They don't even know their own identity and, and uh, they don't know whether they're male or female or whatever. And they, they, they just seem to be lost in so many different ways. To them, I would say, you know, Christ, it's uh, the only place that I know of that, uh, that you can get peace and, and, um, and mind, a mindset that's different than what it is now. I feel that they really need Christ in their life. Really believe that life is Christ and Christ is life. So young people, just turn to him. He's a savior. He loves you. Ray O'Neill in Calgary, Alberta. Thank you for joining me. Well, thanks. God bless you. Bye-bye. You're listening to Haven Today in a program called Becoming Jesus People. And as we think about the idea of becoming a Jesus person, I want us to spend some time reflecting on the earliest Jesus people that we know of. We find them as we read the Gospels. What were these people like before they met Jesus? How did their interactions with the Lord go? And how did they respond? My hope is that these stories will encourage all of us to not only live as Jesus people today, but to help bring new Jesus people into new life. I want to begin by looking at one of the most famous apostles, Peter. We find his first encounter with Christ in Luke chapter 5. At this point in Jesus' life, he was ministering in the region of Galilee. In fact, he was standing near the Sea of Galilee when he noticed two boats. One of those boats could be used by Jesus in order to speak to the large crowd gathering around him. So he stepped into one of those boats, and Luke tells us it was the one belonging to Simon, Peter, in verse 3. We may speak of things like coincidence or luck, but for the Lord there is no such thing as luck. Jesus stepped into Peter's boat with a purpose in mind, to make Jesus people. What can we learn from him about making and becoming Jesus people? Well, listen to verse 1. And there you hear what Jesus was about. The people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. Jesus knew the power that is found in God's word. Why? Because it speaks of the salvation that is found in him. Peter the fisherman was sitting quietly on the boat and listening. The spirit was working in his heart through Jesus' teaching. But Jesus wasn't done yet. And after he spoke, he told Peter to go into the deep and to let down the nets for a catch. If you've worked for any amount of time, you know how amusing it can be to receive instruction or advice from someone seemingly less knowledgeable in your field. Peter responded by saying, We've been fishing in this area the whole night, and to no success. Peter had no reason to think Jesus knew what he was doing with this instruction. But nevertheless, he listened, and Peter dropped his nets into the water. Earlier in the day, Peter heard about the coming of the kingdom through Jesus' teaching. And in a few moments, Peter would see the coming of the kingdom. What happened when Peter and his team of fishermen dropped their nets? Though they were fishing all night with nothing to show for it, something remarkable and unexpected happened when they followed his advice. Listen to verses 6 and 7. When they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. Their partners in the other boat came and filled some boats so full that 
they began to sink. Can you imagine what Peter was thinking as this scene unfolded? He had heard the message that Jesus had preached earlier. He probably thought there was something compelling about this man to the point that he listened to him and then went fishing again. But when he saw this miracle, his eyes were opened. The Spirit was working in his heart all day for this moment. And when you share the gospel with others, you never know when this moment will come, but you pray it does. It's the moment when you see Jesus for who he really is. In verse 8, we hear, When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I am a sinful man. There are two things that are significant about Peter's words to Jesus. First, Peter called him Lord. Back in verse 5, Peter called Jesus Master. But in verse 8, we hear the more personal and indeed Christian profession of Christ as Lord, Curios in Greek. Peter realized that Jesus' command was not random, but it revealed his power over creation. The second significant thing to note about Peter is that he acknowledged his sinfulness. After seeing Christ's power on display, he realized he was an unworthy man. He came face to face with the Lord of whom the scriptures speak, just as Isaiah was undone in the presence of the Almighty in Isaiah 6 and said, I am undone. Peter was also undone. He was stripped away of all pride, and he saw himself as a sinner in need of grace. And when the Holy Spirit moves, he moves. It becomes evident, like it did way back in the early 1970s, with the Jesus People Movement. How many baptisms a week? Well, we're doing hundreds a week, sometimes even close to a thousand. It's, it's remarkable. The Lord is doing some amazing work here. You're an artist. What do you draw? Pretty much everything I see. Have you had your time in the water yet, Greg? Yeah, I have. You? I'm more of a neutral observer. Ronnie, man, how do you explain all this? God is saving the hippies, and it's blowing everyone's mind because nobody thought the hippies could be saved. That was an excerpt from the film Jesus Revolution. Just as it blew everyone's mind that hippies were being saved, it should blow our minds that lowly fishermen like Peter, James, and John could be saved. It should blow our minds when we are saved. The gospel appears as foolishness to the world, and yet it is the greatest display of wisdom ever seen. The gospel is good news because it saves sinners, sinners like you and me. After Peter's confession of sin, Jesus drew him in with these words, Don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. Jesus used a fishing miracle to point forward to a greater miracle, the salvation of men and women, boys and girls all over the world. Jesus called Peter in order to bring more Jesus people into his kingdom. As you read throughout the New Testament, you see some of Peter's future fishing trips, Pentecost, sharing the gospel with the Gentile Cornelius, there is a question 
for us to ask ourselves now. Are we ready to fish for people? Let's ask the Lord for the boldness and the wisdom necessary to drop our nets that he has given us into the water. At the end of myself I'm empty and dry I have nothing to give But surrender inside Let down your nets This is not the end From now on you'll be Fishers of men Follow me Follow me Judgment calls out my name I've been looking for love But I'm swallowed by shame Throw away all your stones Find forgiveness in me Let me be your new passion My daughter, you're free Follow me Follow me Follow me Follow me At the end of myself I've done things my own way This world gave up on me Now it's death I do pay You know who I am I'm sin sacrifice Today you will be In hell Everything just follow me. I 
Female voices of the group Casting Crowns, a song called Follow Me on this Haven Today, Becoming Jesus People. Can you believe it? Summer officially begins next week. But if you're like my family, you've already done some summer-like gatherings and more to come. This weekend, we'll be spending time with our granddaughter who's graduating. And I want to give you a great resource that you can enjoy with your family and friends this summer called the Jesus Revolution DVD. This new film will not only help you learn more about the Jesus People movement, but it's a great way to talk about the gospel with those you love. And I pray it will inspire both young and old alike to share their faith with those who need to know more about Jesus. So I want to invite you to visit our website right now. Watch some of those excerpts from the Jesus Revolution DVD and then make your gift at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. While you're there, you can listen to the interview I did with Greg Laurie, whose story is featured in Jesus Revolution. It's on our Great Stories podcast this week. Or call us and make your gift by phone at 800-65-HAVEN. That's 865 Haven. And remember, we still have the Chronicles of Narnia Radio Theater with all seven of C.S. Lewis's classic stories on audio with an original soundtrack, talented voice actors, and stories full of Christian allegory. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks so much for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow when again together we'll share the great story? It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Isn't it fun to look at old family photos? You may look at old baby pictures of yourself or maybe your children, maybe compare them to other members of the family. Every now and then, someone might confuse a picture of a child for his or her mom and dad. Looking at the photos can reveal a family resemblance. Did you know that in God's family, there's also a family resemblance? In Romans 8.29, Paul writes, Those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. The Father is conforming us, shaping us to look more like Jesus every day. This will produce in us a glorious family resemblance. Get more daily encouragement with Anchor Devotional. Visit GetAnchor.com.